Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darlings. There is a lot of confusion around birth. All of my friends had very different experiences and very different opinions. So I found myself doing a lot of research. In the conversations I had with the people that I trust, Elizabeth's name kept coming up. I always look out for those common denominators. So I gave her a call and instantly felt a connection. I knew immediately this is who I wanted to walk me through this process. And although we decided to do a hospital birth, I knew I wanted to make it as close to a home birth as possible. In this episode, we discuss the difference between a midwife and a doula, how past triggers can negatively affect your birth, feeling seen and heard, how to make an epidural empowering, why I absolutely could not have gone through this process with just my doctor, and we answer some of your questions. Enjoy. So I always say you're my midwife, but I guess you're technically doula-ing. Doula-ing, but also it's it's another job they call a monotrice. Oh. Yeah. So technically I'm your monotrice and it's this like combination. um, It's a combination of like doula and midwife. So I have the license to be able to do medical things. So it's not illegal, Mm -hmm. but I also have the training of a doula. And can you explain the difference Mm -hmm. between a doula and a midwife? Because I think a lot of people are confused about that. Yeah. A doula is the emotional support and physical comfort for the family. Mm -hmm. And the doula will do the support work at a home, at a hospital, at a birthing center, wherever the family is to give birth. Mm -hmm. Midwives are, as I'm a licensed midwife, so I have Mm -hmm. a medical board license, the same as an OBGYN, but I specialize in low-risk pregnancy. And there's also something called a certified nurse midwife. And those Mm -hmm. are nurses with additional many years of experience and training. Got it. Um, Those are the two big midwives in 
in the States mm-hmm. and probably globally. There's some and other smaller divisions. can deliver a baby. Yes, but, but you know doula. me. I don't like that word delivery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we deliver pizzas. <laughs> You're going to birth your baby and I'm going to help you birth your baby. <laughs> yes. But yes, um, they have the ability to do that. And so... Um, but a doula doesn't. No, a doula doesn't. A doula is strictly going with, uh, is like for a hospital birth. Right. And typically across America, but specifically California, licensed midwives are licensed in low-risk childbirth outside of the hospital for home or a birthing center. Mm-hmm. And certified nurse midwives can do home birthing center or hospital. And you own a birthing center. I do. I own a birthing center in Silver Lake called Graceful. So when I was, when I found out I was pregnant mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted support, um, cause everyone's been like, how did you find Elizabeth? And it was, and I think it's kind of magical. Like once you put it out there, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you became a common denominator in multiple conversations. And then I would say, and I would love your input on this. If you're looking for someone to support you, I think you have to decide right away. Do you want to do it at home or at the hospital? Right? You don't have to decide right away. You can, but when you, if you wanted to do it at the hospital always, then you couldn't, I mean, you know that you would definitely need like a doula. Um, you know what I mean? Y- yeah. So there's a little bit of hesitation in my voice. And the place that's coming around is that if you're going to have a hospital birth mm-hmm. and specifically you are low risk, mm-hmm. you have to just kind of have your eyes wide open and know that an OBGYN is a high risk specialist. Mm. So hiring a doula who understands what low risk childbirth is about can give somebody education, give choices, help the family ask the right questions, I think is really important. Oh, but what I meant was you should decide sooner than later, just in case, like I wouldn't want to sign up with a doula if I knew I wanted a home birth because you would need a doula and a midwife, right? You can have both. Yeah, yeah. Doulas will work at home and yeah. they'll work at birth centers. But you need a midwife to birth the child if you're going to do gonna it be, at a yeah. birth center if you're or a home. going to be birth center or home, yeah. Well, just asking for financially because it is something that like, you know, is... That's the biggest problem. In the oh, big- <laughs> <laughs> because there was a doula that I love who I was speaking to who was mm-hmm. helping me since before I got pregnant. And then when I found out I was pregnant and there was you know, a few months where we didn't know if we wanted to do home or hospital. We Mm -hmm. were really seriously considering both. I, I said to myself, I would like to start working with a midwife who will do both in case. So I'm not having to like, literally like double hire. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because it just gets expensive. It can get expensive. But also the place I want to address is that every midwifery practice, home or birthing center is different. Mm -hmm. So it's like you've got some midwifery practices where it's just a solo midwife. She will be the only person on call for you at the birth center or the home and you know exactly who you're getting. So you're like, okay, maybe I don't need so much emotional And that's how Graceful operates, right? We've got two different midwives yeah, on call. Mm -hmm. But then you have other birthing centers in town where it's like they do shift work very similar to how a hospital midwifery practice will rerun. Mm. And so you've got midwives who are doing 12-hour shifts or 24-hour shifts. And it's kind of like once you're pushing your baby out and they'll be like, oh, it's 7.30, time for the new shift to come in. Yeah, I know. It's so varied. So in that case, it might be great for you to have a doula because then you'll be consistently with one person and can bring your doula there. And that's that's part of it. So that place of consistently one person is a lot of reasons why people will hire a doula, say in a hospital um, setting, because, you know, they're in hospital practices and it's just like, well, I guess I'm going to get one of the 10 doctors on call. Yeah. 
So, and um, I get asked often why I decided to work with a midwife or slash doula, mm-hmm. and I have to say, like as time is progressing, you know, when I'm like three weeks out, mm-hmm. and I have a great doctor who I love. She's amazing. Who, I love her. Out of all of the doctors that I've seen, which has been like a very negative experience up until I met Amanda. But regardless, I could not imagine. David and I talk about it constantly. Every time you leave, we talk about it. Like if I was just seeing her and had no outside support, mm-hmm. I would have no fucking clue what I was walking into. Right. That's it's, it's wild. Right. And that no hospital bag suggestions, right. no breakdown of 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 options of like we have our appointments she looks at the baby and we don't talk about anything right which is the problem specifically in american obstetrics and i don't even think she has the bandwidth to do so because she's busy no and she and she doesn't have the training Mm -hmm. on that that's not part of it what people some people don't realize is that when you're working with someone who specializes in low-risk childbirth Mm -hmm. They tend to, like a midwife um, outside of the hospital, tends to spend anywhere from half an hour to an hour, an hour and a half with you at a prenatal visit. Mm -hmm. One of the things that um, I was trained to do is you're creating trust. Mm -hmm. So this is, remember we talked about this? It's so funny because you would think that that would be in every practice. Oh, no, it's just, it's common sense for me. But you have to also remember, OBGYNs are high risk specialists. They're surgeons. And that's a lot for them to learn. I mean, right. like, that's a no, huge exactly. job so if, in if you're going to have a surgery, the last person you want is me. Yeah. You don't want me. You, you, you want no. an OB who's trained in high risk mm-hmm. and you want them to manage the birth. But if you're low risk, you may want to consider getting a low risk specialist, mm-hmm. someone who understands the anatomy, the physiology, understands how the hormones in the body work. So mm-hmm. this is a little example. We, I don't know if you remember this from the childbirth ed class, but um, oxytocin, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to explain it to everybody listening. Oxytocin is a hormone in the body and it's the love drug. So everybody out there has experienced at some point in time with it, whether it be like a um, a great uh, dinner party and the red wine's flowing Mm -hmm. and you fall in love with everybody or when we orgasm, oxytocin is released. When you look brief and frequently into somebody's eye, oxytocin, puppies, (laughs) babies, lots of oxytocin there, Mm -hmm. right? So oxytocin. Am I an oxytocin addict? That's why I have so many doggies. You you could be. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing. That's why my dog comes everywhere with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but but part of this is is oxytocin is a hormone in the body that actually creates the contractions, mm-hmm. right? You one wants to create an environment that supports the body to have contractions. Mm -hmm. It has been scientifically proven trust creates oxytocin. Oxytocin creates trust. Mm. It's, It's science. I'm not just making this up. So if somebody is going into labor, there's a difference between, oh my God, oh my God, what's my body doing? My sister didn't have that happen. An Instagram that didn't happen that way. Oh my God, my doctor didn't like, you Are you already getting agita with me talking that fast? Yeah. Right. And that's adrenaline, which stops contractions. But it's different than going, that's my body knows how to do this. Oh, and adrenaline stops contractions. Right. Okay. So here's the mind blowing part of all of this as someone who has been taking. So what Elizabeth and I do, let me break down what we do, because I also want people to know that they can just go 
to graceful.com yeah. and buy your courses. Yeah. My childbirth ed class is online. And also I have the books um, mm-hmm. that explain all about birth planning and a workbook with all the questions to ask your care provider. And this is something I would highly suggest if you obviously don't have the finances to hire someone. This is the best case scenario. So basically what Elizabeth and I have been doing is on Mondays, every Monday she comes over, we have dinner. They make me great dinner, everybody. (laughs) It's worth it. We make make a great dinner. We have a family dinner and then we watch the courses. We Mm -hmm. watch a section and then we talk about it. Mm -hmm. And what's been amazing is like, I'm like learning so much about Dobby Day. He's learning so much about me. He feels like... like he's actively a part of this pregnancy and he feels extremely prepared. And then we're learning so much about all these things that nobody talks about, which is like that mother nature's grace is fabulous. And it provides you with all the things that you need to have a wonderful birth. But all these things come in the way that stop it. And then all of a sudden interventions happen. So I would love for you to explain I think what would be really helpful and would probably, if I was listening to this and didn't know anything, would be like the one thing I would want to know is your thoughts or like what you talk about. You talk about like the primal brain versus the oh, thinking yeah. brain. It's all brain science. Because I think that that was like one of the most mind-blowing moments for me where I realized like, okay, really focusing on staying in the primal brain mm-hmm. is like what will hopefully give me my ideal birth. Right. So- To simplify a very broad subject, you've Mm -hmm. got the thinking brain and now I'm pointing to the frontal lobe or the, uh, my forehead. And then you have the primal brain and I'm taught and I'm pointing now to the, the back of my head or the occipital lobe, that area. Right now, everybody who's listening right now, the conversation that we are having is all from the thinking brain. The childbirth ed class is from the thinking brain. Planning the birth is from the thinking brain. Interviewing is thinking brain. Reading a book is in, is thinking brain. It's all thinking brain. But when we go into labor to have the body and the hormones of the body do what it knows how to do is being in the primal brain. So the best way to explain this is is to talk about orgasm and sex. So if you're getting ready to have sex and you're like, okay, let's get out the joy of sex. And like, okay, page 58. (laughs) Like, I want you to put your leg up there. Mine's going to go down there. My hand is here. Like, right. And then you get in the position. You're like, why isn't it working? Right. Is different than you've read the book. You have a sense of the positions and then you're kind of drop into the moment. Maybe you're auditory and maybe it's music. Maybe you're um, all about smells and it's just essential oils, dim lights. I personally like to know the name of the other person (laughs) at the edge of the other side of my vagina Mm -hmm. because I'm not 21 anymore. (laughs) Like, you know, so that's important to me to Mm -hmm. create trust so that I can open up and be Mm -hmm. vulnerable. And then when all of that kind of magically lines up, all of a sudden I drop into my primal brain Mm -hmm. where there's a rhythm. There's breath, there's rhythm, there's movement in the body. And then all of a sudden you disappear and you're like, was that like five minutes or five hours? Like, where am I? Am I still, right? That's the difference between the thinking brain and primal brain. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone can understand that whether you um, identify as male or female 
It's yeah, kind of the same. Absolutely, of course. Mm-hmm. There's a funny part in your course where we go through all the different breathing techniques. And then like at the end of the last one, you like end it with an abrupt. You're like, so what's your diet like? <laughs> <laughs> and because you were like, welcome yeah. to a hospital mm-hmm. setting. Like you are right. going to try your best to like get in a state where you're like highly focused. Maybe, you know, a lot of people are doing the hypnobirth, which is great stuff, which is like all of that. And then all of a sudden a nurse and it's just because it's their job is going to be like, right. Hey, like what's going on? Do you need anything? Cause you want more ice chips? Like, can you move your arm? Like what? I need to take your blood pressure. Like what's and, going on? <laughs> exactly. And that's all thinking brain. And I want people to really get also, this is not about throwing hospitals under the bus. No. Not at all. I am, as a home birth midwife, as a birthing center owner, I am so grateful the hospitals exist to accept the transports to keep everybody safe outside of the hospital. It's just about navigating the hospital for somebody diff- who's giving birth there to make it a more comfortable experience. Exactly. And to understand their training is different. Mm-hmm. So OBGYNs and certified nurse midwives are not getting a lot of training about the difference between the thinking brain and the primal brain. No, they're making sure that people stay alive and like that the numbers are correct, correct. Like, which is an insane amount of stuff to think about regardless. Right. And they're managing births. Once, once somebody gets an epidural and they can't move, they become high risk because they can't move. Um, which is one of the reasons, why, and then there's more chance of of something happening that's high risk that you need a surgical room across the hall or a neonatal intensive care unit upstairs, which is one of the reasons we, one of the ways we keep people safe outside of the hospital is we're not giving them an epidural. They're moving their bodies Mm -hmm. up, down, squatting, left, right, on all four. Like you're constantly moving the bodies and opening up the hips in different ways. I was, I was getting out of the shower the other day with Uh Day, and I was like looking at my body and it was after you had left and you were like, oh, bring a sports bra in your hospital bag right. in case you want to like get in the shower or something. Because so everyone knows my goal is to have a natural birth. Or as I like to say, an unmedicated an birth. An unmedicated uh-huh. birth. But I have a, there's a code word in case it gets too much or if I'm suffering. If you're not in pain any longer and you're suffering, you're going to use that code word and use the epidural the way it was created mm-hmm. in an empowered way. Yes, which I'm very thankful and excited about. Mm-hmm. But I was, I like, was like looking at my like new naked body, and I was like, oh my god, like I'm gonna be just like in a sports bra with no pants on, like in a shower and like sitting on a birthing ball and like bending over and groaning. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna look like an animal. I was like looking at him and he was like, it's okay. Like, that's like, that's what mamas do. And I was like, I know, but like, am I ever going to be able to like put lingerie on and you like have sex with me again after that? <laughs> like, I'm going to go full blown gorilla mom in here, like on all fours because that I knew that I know myself from like doing drugs in my 20s that if I can't move my body and if I feel out of control physically, mm-hmm. which I've heard some of my friends say that like once they got an epidural and they couldn't move, they felt a little, that to me was like panic inducing. And and I've always wanted to try to do an unmedicated birth regardless. Right. But I thought, and that was my deal with my doctor because I said, I would, I think I want to do a home birth. And right. she said, I will do anything to get you to have your first birth in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? I was like, does that mean I can do whatever I want? She said, yes. <laughs> she said, you can be on the floor. You can stand mm-hmm. up. She Because w- I was like, I will not be strapped to a bed. Right. Like, that's my whole main goal is I will just, I'm not going to be strapped to a bed. And I cannot be numb. I will freak the fuck out. Like, it'll be like I'm high. And she was like, absolutely. So I 
And and then, you know, once you watch, or the, I did so many YouTube video searches of like natural home birth. And like, you can just see the relief of these women with their midwives, like as they like move their hips and get into these different positions. And that made sense to me because I'm like, the baby's trying to come out too. Right. So what people don't realize is it's not, a, it's, it's a dynamic process. Yeah. Like it's, it's a relationship. together. Exactly. The baby's kicking and turning the head and moving and trying to fit. And then your hips... I mean, the the body is so freaking amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing. And it knows what it, to do, right? It, it's made to move. Yeah. Like the pubic bone and the hips and the joints and the sacrum, it's literally made to move to mm-hmm. get out of the way. Now, it might not feel pleasant, yeah. but it's made to do that. And here's the thing. This is my friend, Lindsay Bliss. She owns Carriage House Birth. And she says this, your body doesn't make anything bigger than you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And you're in control. It gets to be too much. Just use your code word. No shame. Like empowered versions of doing that. Bodewell makes medicated plant-powered skincare for eczema and psoriasis, which gives you prescription results without the steroids. Bodewell's co-founder, Jamie Duff, has lived with eczema for over 30 years. Like other sufferers, he's tried every product under the sun, from over-the-counter moisturizers to prescription steroids and oral immune suppressants. He learned to help manage his symptoms by changing his lifestyle, cutting out certain foods and drinks, and reducing stress through breathing techniques, yoga, and meditation. But during a particularly bad relapse that landed him in the hospital, he wondered why there wasn't a safe, effective, science-based treatment available for the millions of people who deal with these skin conditions. And so he wondered where the support system was when he needed it most. He set out to create something to help people. And that something is Bodewell. Bodewell's treatments are different from other over-the-counter treatments. Bodewell is a plant-powered product and it's clinically proven to reduce the symptoms associated with flare-ups that we know too well. Dryness, redness, itch, oozing, scaling, and swelling. Bodewell's treatments are safe for everyday use and Bodewell will be there every day for you too. They provide a guided digital skin journey, a built-in community of people who are destigmatizing skin conditions by speaking openly about their experiences and embracing the skin they're in. Bodewell, it's made by sufferers for sufferers. Visit bodewellskin.com slash Pia for 20% off your first order. Just go online and take the skin quiz to find out what Bodewell products are right for you. They're delivered straight to your door without a prescription or a doctor's appointment. Become a Bodewell member for bundled pricing, free shipping, and up to 50% off additional products and more. And don't forget, bodewellskin.com slash Pia for 20% off your first order. Lesser Evil, which is my favorite snack food probably of all time, is on a mission to inspire mindful snacking by making healthier, less processed, and earth-friendly snacking accessible to everyone. Lesser Evil believes that ingredients mean everything and that less is more. They partner with organic farms and thoroughly vetted vendors across the world to get the cleanest, highest quality ingredients possible. That means organic vegetables, organic seasonings, Himalayan pink salt, cage-free eggs, organic ghee, and better-for-you fats like coconut and avocado oil. They will never use a random vegetable oil. These premium ingredients are minimally processed to make a super clean, super tasty snack. 
Lesser Evil's goal is to be the most sustainable snack company on the planet from farm to the factory. At their self-owned facilities in Danbury, Connecticut, they participate in statewide energy efficiency initiatives, package their snacks in biodegradable NEO plastic, and compost all of their waste. Lesser Evil also takes pride in owning every ingredient, recipe, and process. It's an East Coast kind of zen that means no compromises when it comes to quality and sustainability. You can't see through the packaging, but you can see through their process. On top of that, Lesser Evil makes snacks that are USD organic, non-GMO, project verified, certified grain-free and low in sugar. With plenty of vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly options, Lesser Evil snacks are perfect for people with food sensitivities, specific dietary needs, or anyone just trying to eat a little cleaner without sacrificing taste. From better ingredients to greener processes, Lesser Evil is committed to taking every small step possible to create a more ethical future of food. Through simple acts and clean snacks, Lesser Evil hopes to make the world a little more good. You can find Lesser Evil in regional grocery stores nationwide at Whole Foods Market, but for an array of their products, including items and very cute merch, visit their online shop at lesserevil.com. Lesser Evil is offering an exclusive deal to podcast listeners. Take 25% off your first one-time order with code BEST. That's 25% off your first one-time order at lesserevil.com with code BEST. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. As a leading functional medicine practitioner, I have had the unique position to see so many alchemize their pain and health problems to their purpose. Now I want the same for you. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers, where there is a fresh infusion of grace and lightness into wellness. This is the art of being well. Join me every Thursday for a new episode. It'll be interesting to see what my pain threshold is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to get to know myself through this process. That right there. So you're excited to know yourself and then you have curiosity. Yeah. When we hold curiosity, that's how we can hold space for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's the same tool that you can use with your child. You could, as opposed to predicting or saying what they're going to be like, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah. Right? The curiosity, that <laughs> wonder, that's the space holding. Yeah. It's been an interesting, because uh, everyone has such a different opinion. This is also what I've learned being pregnant. Wait until you have a baby. I know. You think I, it's bad I don't now. want to fucking deal. I like, I'm literally like already putting up like boundary. Wall. I'm like, I don't even, mm-hmm. because they're your best friend who you, you could feel so aligned with. Mm-hmm. Like there were a couple of people at the beginning of my pregnancy who I was like, oh, like you're going to be my person who I talk to for sure through this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, like a subject will come up and I'm like, whoa, what? Like, okay, wait, we just like, <laughs> we just went on two separate paths here. Like, you know, I think like, it was, yeah, it was like so funny. It was like a co-sleeping conversation. And I was like, I wasn't even allowed in my parents' bedroom. Like my baby's definitely not coming in my bed. And it was like, if they're not in the room with you, they think you're dead. Like, what kind of mom are you? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and so the same thing happens when it comes to like conversations about, because I think people who get an epidural, get very triggered by people who say they would like to try it without because then they feel like maybe they've failed or something. And it's like all, everything is like totally fine, whatever you pick, because the goal is to just have a healthy baby. Right. And that is again, part of the problem, part of the challenge. And we're 
I, as a home birth midwife, am constantly challenged by OBGYNs who project onto me mm. that's like, well, it's not safe. And it's like, okay, when's the last time you spent an hour and a half at a prenatal? Yeah, never. Because they can't. They don't. When's the last time you checked in and did informed choice and said, hey, in four weeks, I'm going to be giving you a test and I'm going to have you drink this drink and then you're going to be drawing blood. But this is what we're looking for. Here is evidence-based care. Here's anecdotal information. Here's mm -hmm. pros. Here's cons. Here's what's going on in your body. What would you like to do? I mean, this is a lot of what we do also. Mm -hmm. Like you're getting all of that midwifery side with your OBGYN. Yeah. And we're explaining a lot of that. And here's also what I'll say is amazing about having a resource like you. What was like so fascinating, actually, again, not knocking anyone, but a couple weeks ago, I had a pain in my chest. Like a, like a really intense pain oh, under, yeah. under my breast. And I went to, it was a day I had my doctor's appointment. And I was like, I have this like really intense pain under my breast. And she literally said, oh, that's weird. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah, I didn't. She was like, huh, like when did that start? And I was like, I think like yesterday, like, I don't know. Like I can press on it, like physically hurts. And she was like, huh, so weird. Okay, well, let me know if it like goes away. Well, then obviously I text you and you were like, okay, does it hurt here? Does it hurt there? Because if it hurts back here in this area, that means it's like a, you know, a sign of preeclampsia. If it's mm -hmm. here, it means that this, this, if it's just that, then you have a rib out and you need to go to the fucking chiropractor. Which <laughs> <laughs> is like what it was. That was our basic text conversation. But yeah, so, and part of the challenge, it's a society challenge. It is not individuals. If you want to Google chiropractor right now under Wikipedia, it says pseudoscience naturopathic doctors, pseudoscience. It's like, why can't we all work together for the same common cause and goal? I feel like I hit the jackpot having you and Amanda as my doctor. Like, I'm like, I have the best case scenario. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully, I also was like, listen, your first birth from what I gather is much longer than the births that will happen be. after this. Yep. Speaking in averages, which I shouldn't. So I was like... Maybe I'll just do the first one at the hospital. And then once I know what I'm getting into, I'll feel super comfortable having the next one here. Right. So let's reflect back for a minute. You are somebody who likes to control things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like to organize stuff mm -hmm. and you like to have a known. Mm -hmm. That will settle your nervous system. Totally. So you're not the person to birth at home or a birth center with me because the whole time you're going to sit there and go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. When's it going to like, <laughs> getting, again, getting the agita, just talking about it. That's adrenaline's going to stop the contractions, mm -hmm. which is different than, you know, you have what works for you now. Like this is the whole like spiritual consciousness who loves stuff. control. Right. In an odd sense. Like, I would think people would assume that having a midwife and like trying to have like a more, you know, unmedicated birth is like, oh, you know, that's you like giving into the unknown. But I feel like having you has made me feel more in control than anything because yeah. I know what's happening with my body. You've mm -hmm. allowed me to become in tune with my body. You've given me the tools to do so. I have the most fucking fabulous hospital bag, which is giving me so <laughs> much security that it will be comfortable. I know what my snacks are. Right. I know that I'll need snacks. Like there's so many little things. Like Davide feels so empowered. Mm -hmm. Like otherwise, I can't imagine going through this without you for him. Right. 
he would be like a lost puppy. Like he's been able to tell all his fears and insecurities to you about how Mm -hmm. to deal with me in this scenario and his fear of watching me lose control and what that could do and having him freak out. You know, he feels very empowered by everything that we've talked about. He's like, oh, the breathing, like it's just like a soccer game, like, <laughs> like <laughs> which is like so, without the fans, which is like so <laughs> funny, and it's been so bonding for us to have our sessions with you, or like you talking about triggers, like, mm-hmm. and then going into the hospital and making sure that that space is very comfortable, like, so you know, it's amazing too. And in your lessons, you go through like, are you someone who's really sensitive to sound? Are you really sensitive to smells? Are you mm-hmm. sensitive to this? You know, what past abuse have you had? So you can really enter this scenario and and make it the best that you possibly can. Right. So you have brought somebody in who will see and hear you as mm-hmm. an individual. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Pia, I just want to bring this in. And um, I say this wherever I go, is that right now America is at a crisis and people of color are dying at a rate of three to four times that of white people in childbirth. And they have scientifically proven it's for two reasons. One is lineage trauma. And mm-hmm. so um, I do have a background in somatic work. And we've talked about lineage and talked about trauma. It's a very real thing. And the second one is not being seen it's and heard. being seen and heard. And that's every woman of color. Yeah. It's who's had a trauma in the hospital always says, I told the doctor I felt this mm-hmm. way. I asked the doctor for this. Yep. I told the doctor and they were completely dismissed. Right. And in anyone who's listening who doesn't believe it and thinks it might have something to do with financial resources, it doesn't. Not. Just watch the Serena Williams documentary on HBO. Yeah. And you'll I see. I mean, there's enough information about it now, yeah. thank God. Yeah. And, and the problem that we're having as a society is... My training has always been to see and hear someone as an individual. You're Mm -hmm. looking at the pregnancy, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, nutrition, exercise, family. You know, I do have a background in somatic healing and lineage work, so I bring that layer in. But you're always looking at all the different pieces. Doctors are trained, broken bone, fix the bone. Mm -hmm. You know, and unfortunately, insurance is running obstetrics right now. Doctors are well. Yeah, everything is like to not get sued. Right. Not get sued. And then on the reverse of that, it's like, you know, uh, health insurance doesn't pay out a lot. They got to see a lot of people at the same time in order to cover their malpractice insurance. It's a vicious cycle. Well, that was really mind blowing to me, too, when I found out that like the doctor is only in the room with you when you're in like when you're pushing the right. baby. Right, because typically in um, hospital births, and by the way, I say typically, but there's plenty of awesome, great doctors totally. who who are trained differently and by midwives. And it's a great community in like Maine where the midwives and the doctors work together and mm. it's awesome. But um, typically you have people coming into the hospital getting an epidural and the epidural is a high risk birth at that point. It's not a bad or good. I did not know that. Yeah, because way. you can't move your body. So you're not low risk anymore. So get not a bad or good, it's just information. It's just and so then you're being managed by the hospital and the staff and the nurses, and they do a great job of that. And they usually have two rooms. And so if the baby is coming down and you're getting ready to push, um, because you're on an epidural, they can manage that still and they can up the epidural a little and say, hey, don't push. And they can wait till the doctor wakes up in the morning or is done with their rounds or, you know, there's a lot more ways of managing that time-wise, mm. which is different 
than someone who's unmedicated. And it's like, you know, it's been five minutes. Oh my God, they're pushing their baby out there quick. Or it's like, oh, it's four hours later. Or am I labor sitting with that person for two days? Or am I labor sitting for half an hour? Like we're labor sitting Mm. when it's active. We're not just showing up once somebody has helped the baby come under the pubic bone and they're not able to move and we can manage the birth that way. It's a different culture. And so for the most part, then you are essentially for however long you're laboring, just with the nurses. Yes, at the hospital. And for and the, they will take shifts. And so you might be the same nurse or you might have a different nurse. And I just want to say now, because I didn't know this, but for anyone who's not using a midwife or a doula, <clears throat> just to share this information, you if you have a nurse that you don't like, oh yeah, please request to have a different nurse. <laughs> right. Okay. So this is how I because explain it. Because my birth yeah. was all my mom. Uh-huh. Every time my birth comes up with my mom, since I was a little fucking kid, my whole life, you bring it up now, she'll be like, this fucking nurse was not listening to me. <laughs> yeah. And get, I said, the baby's coming. And she said, no, you have hours. And she gave me the fucking epidural. And I had you 10 minutes later. Yeah. And the epidural hit me like after you were born and then I was stuck there and couldn't move and I knew what was happening to my body. Mm -hmm. Her whole, and it was so interesting when we first met, you were like, what was your mom's birth like? It was our first conversation on the phone. You were like, it sounds like you really want to be seen and heard. And I was like, yes, because my mom wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I have no trauma or anything, but it's, that's in the back of my head that her birth was that way. Mm-hmm. And so I have this intense gut feeling to be like <laughs> as seen and as heard as possible. Yeah, because your because your mom wasn't during your birth. Verb has gone and cracked that afternoon slump. Instead of reaching for a second cup of coffee, I just grab a verb bar. I'm always getting super tired around 2.30 or 3. And if I have another espresso... It's really hard for me to sleep. I kind of don't get that much more focus. It's more of like a jittery feeling. So if you need the energy to get through an afternoon workout, a long day with the kids, or just keep going on that computer with your Zooms, a Verb Bar will help you power through without jitters. Verb makes delicious 90-calorie snack bars that are gluten-free, plant-based, and have as much caffeine as an espresso. The caffeine also comes from organic green tea, So you get like one of those cruisy, smooth, long-lasting energy boosts, again, without any jitters. They have delicious flavors like cookie butter, double chocolate, salted peanut butter. My favorite right now is the peppermint mocha. I also packed a bunch of these in my hospital bag to make sure that I can grab a nice, clean snack when I'm in labor that will also give me energy and not make me feel crazy. They are easy to stash in your purse, your gym bag, great for an afternoon pick-me-up, anywhere on the go. No need to worry about spilling that cup of coffee in your car because you have a verb bar. We worked out a special deal for our Everything is the Best podcast listeners. Receive 30% off Verb's best-selling bundles. This is a great way to try out their most delicious flavors. So go to verbenergy.com slash best or use code best at checkout to claim this deal. That's V-E-R-B-E-N-E-R-G-Y dot com slash best. This discount is only valid for their bundles. So go ahead and try them out. Today's program is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I have ever had. With so many stressors in life, it is often extremely difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits. And this is where Athletic Greens can help. 
It's a life-changing nutritional habit. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It is by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your daily routine. And it empowers you towards better habits in general. They simplify the logistics of getting optimal nutrition on a daily basis by giving you one thing with all the best things. And that is because one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains, get this, 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, a probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. And they all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I've been taking this stuff for like a year. So I just wake up every morning and I pour three glasses of water and I put a scoop of athletic greens in each glass and I chug one, my mom chugs one, and Davide chugs one. And guess what? We all feel awesome. While most nutritional products come to market and stay stagnant, Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve this one holistic formula based on the latest research, producing 53 improvements over the last decade. They invest in the most absorbable and natural source of each ingredient and go above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure that their customers continue to receive the highest quality and the best daily nutritional habit on the planet. It's lifestyle friendly. So if you're a keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you're good. And it contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising the taste. Right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system. They're offering my audience one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit my link today, you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. Starting 2021 with a simple, sustainable nutritional habit is Athletic Greens MO. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and efficient. So visit athleticgreens.com slash best and join health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health. Again, just simply visit athleticgreens.com slash best and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. How much do you think your birth, like your mother's birth of of you, Mm -hmm. um, impacts your own birth? A lot. It packs our, our entire life. It's, it's, I am going to quickly uh, address this quickly, but you know, I could spend another hour, two hours, five hours yeah. talking about this. Um, we could together, but it's, it's, it's about patterns. It's a, it's somatic. Mm-hmm. It's on a cellular level. It's on an unconscious level that we will continue to repeat the patterns. Mm of what that is. Every birth, we are constantly birthing in the world. I see birth everywhere. You birth relationships, you birth jobs, you birth life stories, you birth new whatever. It's a constant pattern of birth all the time. And so um, every event has a pre, a beginning, a middle, an end, and a post. And the best way to understand your pattern is like, 
How is how do you do it when you go on an airplane? Are you the person mm-hmm. that packs two days in advance, gets to the airport four hours in advance, sits mm-hmm. around or, you know, and then when you land, are you just like super like comfortable or you get nervous or like, you know, and fi- you don't settle until when? Or are you that person who's just like, oh, shit, I got to rush, 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 get to the airport. Oh, my God, I think I'm going to be late, but I'm not really late, but I am late, but I'm not like, what is your pattern? Mm-hmm. And they'll start teaching you about it. But yeah, every client that I work with mm-hmm. personally, I'm always asking, so how were you born? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I will repost something from Parsley Health the other day. Uh-huh. I love Parsley Health. But they, it, uh-huh. it was something, it was like, how were you birthed? And it was like, was it a, like, make sure when you go to the doctor, like you're telling them, like, was I a C-section? Was I this? Was I that? Like, and it was just like a chart to like open up this Ooh, conversation to allow you to have a more informed conversation with your doctor. And like a thousand people wrote back to me and were like, what is have if I was a C-section, what does that have to do with anything? Right. So and I was like, probably a bunch uh, of things. Yeah. 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 And it's all this is all like the <laughs> And questions. it's not good or bad. No. It's just you knowing yourself. Right. And so all of these questions are actually in the in my books also, so mm-hmm. people can get to know themselves better. And and I want everybody listening going, we repeat our patterns. It's not about making them good or bad. It's about where is the healing? Mm. What is the healing that can happen? What is the integration that's going to happen? You know, how can we make many, many, many choices for ourselves? Lots of choices. So, you know, someone who has been born of a family with C-sections, we have to find out what the reason is. It's not just a C-section means. It's like, well, what happened? And what's the lineage story? And why was that for you? And as you learned, you know, it's a lot about being seen and heard. Yeah. That was definitely, my mom didn't feel seen or heard by my, my dad was like, I've had four kids. Like, I know what I'm doing. But my mom was like, you're, that was like 12 years ago, you know? So he wasn't listening to her. Like, she just was like, right. And and now, and now let's look at this pattern and look at the career that you have made with wanting to be seen and heard. Mm Mm-hmm. You got the podcast, you have the clothing line. Like it's not a bad thing. No, but it's just a direct response to what, it, yeah. It can be. Totally. That's, yeah. That's actually interesting. What is this pain I have right here right now? Oh, that's the sensitivity that you're having. Is that where the where the um, baby's kicking? Probably. Or is that indigestion from the cake you had this for lunch? It's, oh, I have that for you, by the way. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> that's all this I had today I was cake. <laughs> It's gluten-free and sugar-free, but I was like sitting, I like looked at my mom and I was like, I need a fucking brownie. I need a brownie like right now. Like I don't want lettuce. I don't want protein. I was like, I just want a fucking brownie. Um, Listen, so I want to go back to that nurse comment again. And I don't know if I said this to you or not, but for everybody listening, just a piece of information to put everything in perspective. The hospital labor and delivery floor, you got to look at it as the couture line. Oh yeah, I love this analogy. Okay. Please so, make sure yeah, yeah, yeah. That you let you look at it. Know. They look at you look at it as the couture line. They want you to have an amazing experience. They want you to have a great experience because they want you to tell everybody else in your family, "Oh my god, I just had the best birth experience ever." And then everyone's going to go, "Oh, I'm going to go there for the broken bones. I'm going to go there for the cancer. I'm going to go there for this, you know, mm-hmm. whatever." So everybody knows, "Oh, they had a great birth experience. So we're going to go back there for everything else, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a nurse you don't like, really simple, go to the charge nurse and just say, hey, we need a new nurse. 
And let your partner know that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. The pregnant person's not going to be saying (laughs) that at the time because they're going to be in the primal person. That becomes the job of the partner. And the partner's job is to create safety, to keep it safe, keep the door safe, like that primal animal safety Mm. place. So you give them that job and they just go out there to help make that happen. And the hospital wants you to tell them and they want you to have a good experience So you promote them everywhere. I don't know why people always feel so uncomfortable saying what they want. Like, I feel like so many people are like, oh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. It's totally not a big deal if someone goes to the main nurse and just says, hey, like, you don't have to be like, that girl's a bitch or that guy's a bitch. You can literally just say, like, the energy in the room is shifting a little bit because of so-and-so. And and, like, it's just not a a good vibe. Would you mind if we could switch her out for somebody else or switch him out for somebody else? And imagine starting parenthood from that empowered place of knowing you can speak up and be heard. And I found... Like our excitement about parenting has been, is, is we feel more empowered. Like we've learned so much about each other through working with you. Mm-hmm. And we're so excited about this birth because of you where, you know, he, I mean, my husband goes to play soccer and he comes back and like, you know, he's like one of the only guys who's like not a dad on his team. And they all tell him, it's so funny now how dads like how he's like, oh, I was with Nicholas today and he told me that, you know, you know, like he'll like get really into these stories that he heard. So he's the same way that like I have been hearing so much information. He's hearing so much information. Yeah. And like partners just want to be the best partner. That's all. So for him to have the tools to be like, oh, I know I can do this or like, you know, I know like he the other day he was like, are your socks in the hospital bag? Like, are your compression socks in the hospital bag? Yeah. Like, okay. And he's really excited about the snacks and nobody ever talks about this either, which is like, I brought it up to one of my girlfriends. I also feel so betrayed by my girlfriends. Cause I'm like, how come none of you talk to me about like, like if you're packing your hospital bag, like why didn't someone call, you didn't call someone else and be like, oh my God, my <laughs> hospital bags. That, like, why aren't you excited about we that? We can create a list for everybody. It's like, so we will, yeah. we're going to. Yeah. And also I'm like, like, why hasn't anyone called me to be like, oh, make sure you have snacks because all of them have stories about snacks. Like when you yeah. ask that, like they didn't have any and everyone told them they weren't going to be hungry and then they were starving oh God, and then they always- could only have fucking <laughs> shitty jello. And it's like, I really needed like a protein bar because it's not like you, you're eating to enjoy food. You need sustenance because like you said, you're like running a marathon. Exactly. And then there's the emotional eating. You got to make sure you have the chocolate there. Yeah, totally. I'm like <laughs> for me. so excited about the watermelon. <laughs> like, Right. So, okay. This is like put on your common sense hat. Like you need a little bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. Your body is busy running the marathon. You're not going to have the full roast beef dinner. <laughs> right. So it's like watermelon. It's... Mm-hmm you know, got some sugars in there. And like, isn't it fun to just let the watermelon melt in your mouth? Totally. Right? Yes. You don't have to really chew it. Mm-hmm. Turns into liquid. It's great. I'm excited about that. And it's, so now we always have watermelon in here and we always have a banana in case like mm-hmm. I go into labor at any point. And then in my bag, I have like my almond butter and my uh-huh. protein bar and my little energy fucking whatever things, those my hippie air one shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got some questions and okay. this one I really want to ask you because this has a lot to do with what you talk about often. Okay. So a lot of the questions we got were about which uh, like prenatals to take. Nutritional supplements. And and just to let everyone know, I can always be hired for like a coaching consultation 
to either mm. go through like the nutrition parts of people what people want or the fun part that I like, which is like, so how were you born? Yeah. And the birth planning. Yeah, that's cool. You yeah. can just do a session like that. Mm-hmm. And then also just if not, like just everything you have online, like if you like take the course and like do the workbooks, yeah. it's like fascinating. Exactly. Okay. This one says, I'm currently almost seven months pregnant, mm-hmm. decided on a hospital birth mm-hmm. with an OB midwife practice in my area that came highly recommended by women who had similar birth plans to what I was looking for. I'm starting to feel like the connection is lacking. Mm. I'm trying not to overthink it. My anxiety would not allow for a home birth, no matter how much I would have loved to have one. I had to honor what my heart and mind was telling me when thinking about our birth plan. Great. Same. <laughs> We are hoping for a hospital water birth, God willing. I have a doula and we're doing hypnobirthing. I've been reading books geared towards natural birth and listening to natural birth story podcasts, mostly just trying to stay positive and not give energy to the traumatic and medically intervened births so many women have endured. When I was born, my mom was told she had to have a C-section, but turns out her doctor was just going on vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so crazy. This is all making sense to me, by the way. It's all like, yep, got it, got it, uh-huh. <laughs> Seeing how upset she gets telling the story always sat really heavy with me. So I'm curious, Pia, what's your biggest hope for your birth? Mm, Oh, I don't want to answer that because it makes it about me. But I think it would be great for you to talk about navigating those fears. Other than a healthy girl, of course. My question for Elizabeth. What is the most important advice you could give a first-time mama who's starting to feel a little overwhelmed about all the things, trying to have a natural, calm, peaceful birth, especially in a hospital? Mm -hmm. So... The first thing is, is thank you for the courage to, you know, write about your truth and what's really going on for you. That's mm-hmm. like the first step is they always say is like awareness. Mm-hmm. Second thing I want to say in, we don't talk about this enough in our society is that you are allowed to have more than one complex emotion <laughs> at the same time. How many times have I told you that? <laughs> it's like you can be both excited Mm-hmm. that you're going to go into labor and have a baby soon. You can be nervous that you don't know who's going to be on call. You could be questioning your body and what happens. You can have confidence in your hypnobirthing. Like all of that can be going on at the same time. And I think with this specific story, it's about identifying why the C-section happened. And you have the answer to that, which is, It was the doctor's plan overriding everything that your mother had planned or intuition. It was overriding everything. So there's an override going on there. And I'd be curious to know, is there any place that you feel that you're not, you're being overridden somehow? And then what did she say earlier about um, relationships? I'm trying to remember that. If she was here, I'd be asking her right now to remind me right at the beginning, something about, was it the relationships with the midwives or? Oh, she's starting to feel like the connection is connection, lacking. connection. Okay. Identifying what a healthy connection is for you and then finding a way to have that in the room. This is your unique way of being seen and heard. And it might be that the healthiest connection you're going to have is with someone who's consistent, which can be your partner or your doula. And just acknowledge the fact that, okay, the OBs, the midwives, I don't know who's going to be there. It might be shift work. Doesn't mean my labor is going to be ruined, but where is the consistency and who can be there for me? 
then another thing you want to do is you want to ask the right questions to know what you're getting involved in. You want to know, okay, if somebody goes on vacation, like what's the rule for induction? Mm -hmm. You know, just so you know what that is. You want to know if my water breaks before labor begins, Mm -hmm. when will I be induced? Like you want to start realizing what are all the things regarding induction, because that's part of your story of when you were born is that your mom was induced earlier than she needed to. And by the way, because I didn't know this up until even recently, that if your water breaks before your labor starts, mm-hmm. that you have, what, 24 hours before you're being induced or no. 12? In typical hospitals, they want you to get Does induced. the baby need to be out by 24 hours? No. Maybe it doesn't, shouldn't, it doesn't have to be out by 24 hours, but you have to ask to find out. Most hospital practices, they want you induced right away. Okay. A good hospital practice is 12 hours. A great hospital practice is 24 hours. And midwifery is 72 hours. The the community standards in Los Angeles, it's different everywhere, Mm. is based on um, a study of 72 hours. There's also a European study that just came out that will support the 92 and 94 hours. It's 92 and and 94 hours. And this is because the rate of infection goes up. Well... Yes. And also... Because when you said 72 hours to my doctor... She almost lost it. She almost lost it for like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I had to reassure her. We were not going to do and my so practice. We're really doing yours. Yeah, important no. to let people know. Yeah. That's because the big game changer. Because I had no clue. Like, oh, if my water breaks and I'm not in active labor... I do need to be induced according to my doctor. Right. Because the doctors, you also have to remember. And that's something you need to get your mind yeah. around the for doc- people who don't want to be induced. Right. Doctor hospital and protocols are very different. Like your water breaks and then you have to go in and be triaged by someone who doesn't know you to report back to the doctor and they have to do a vaginal exam and they're going to push bacteria up. And then they keep, they, they don't do what we do as out of hospital midwives, which mm-hmm. is not do a lot of vaginal exams, mm-hmm. uh, sterile techniques, um, adjust the baby's head in relationship to the pelvis on the inside using the reboso, um, you know, natural remedies, like, and seeing and hearing you. I'm not just being like, hey, Pia, good luck. I'll see you in 72 hours. Like, mm-hmm. bye. It's like, you know, every 12 hours, every 24 hours, we're doing check-ins. We're reevaluating what's going on in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm there with the person whose water has broken which is different than a doctor who doesn't see you until, you know, maybe checking in if you've got an epidural and then seeing you again when you're ready to push. Yeah, because she's they're busy busy. working. Yeah. So it's different protocols and a different way of working and a different way of the nervous system centering itself. Mm -hmm. Also, a C-section is not a failure. No, it's not. Grateful. It's an amazing tool. Yeah. And thank God for C-sections. So grateful for C-sections to help Mm -hmm. keep people safe and babies safe. Yeah. Because I, I do think that... It, a lot of these conversations turn into these like very like, I don't want a C-section. I don't want a C-section. Polarizing. I don't want a C-section. And I think every fucking birthing person needs to understand that there is a chance that you will have a C-section Absolutely. and that's totally okay. Right. And and then this goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is you can have more than one conflicting emotion at the same time. And mm-hmm. we haven't watched the History Hats and Hormones class yet. We will. But you've got, <laughs> you've got your, you know, you know, female woman person hat that wants this unmedicated birth. And then the mother of your child hat, that's going to be like, I just want what's safest. So the mother of your child, when that hat's on, you're like, oh my God, thank God. I'm so grateful for a cesarean birth. But you as a woman might be, have sadness or disappointment. Both of those things can be there at the same time. It's okay. When 
this is a great transition to the next question, but when you have been in hospitals where your clients have had to have a Mm C-section, do you make sure that you put, and I remember like Dr. Lekos told me this, he was like, whenever you get pregnant, I know I'm not going to be involved in this at all, but he's like, if you have to have a C-section, he's like, get gauze, put it up in your vagina as deep as possible. It's called seeding. Okay, that's what it's called. It's called seeding. So essentially you want, like, you know, the baby gets all these beautiful benefits from Mm -hmm. going through your vaginal canal. Right. And you want to put- With the bacteria. Well, all the bacteria. Mm -hmm. And that's what helps build your immune system and all those things, correct? So you want to, can you explain seeding? Yeah, seeding is And do most people, if you ask, sorry to interrupt, but can you, if this is happening, will most nurses know- No. Even in 2021, I don't think so. Well, they know what it is? In Los Angeles, in New York, in Chicago, in Florida, in Miami, I think so. Um, Other places, probably not. So maybe prepare your doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. To let them to, to let them know yeah, that this to is let something them know that about you that. want. Yeah, you're using um, four by four uh, gauze. It's a sterile gauze, and you're inserting it into the vagina. And you can either swipe around or let it sit there for a bit. And then you're going to take that and you're going to like coat it onto the baby, like wash the not wash the baby, but you're you're putting that onto the baby. Literally, Doctor Lekos was like around the eyes, in the mouth, in the mm-hmm. nose, behind the ears, the in orifice. the ears, her vagina, her butt, her like a whole thing, all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Because it's good bacteria that the baby needs. Yep. And I think it's more common. And when we first started talking about this, like six years ago, people were like, "What the?" Now I think it's just probably somewhere. Yep. On Google. Also. There's millions of people who haven't had that and they're all fine, but it's a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently expecting my second baby in October and I really struggled with, and it still lingers, with postpartum depression and anxiety after an unplanned C-section. Hmm. I finally sought out help after my son turned one and it felt better than I have in years. However, I'm nervous that it will start again when the baby girl gets here. I cannot go through that again. I mm-hmm. feel like my bond with my son is less than it should be and I want to set myself up for success for our new addition. I've started setting boundaries early with my husband and family, letting them know what I need to take every opportunity to bond with her as much as possible. Sorry, it's like so hard for me to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking insane. (laughs) So my question is, do you have any advice or tips for moms with a history of PPD, PPA, when expecting more children? I'm really hoping not to spend the cuddly newborn phase in the worst mental state I've ever experienced. Yeah. Oh. So um, one of the things I want to say is that, again, we don't live in a black and white world, though it's told to us. There is always, always, always room and space for recovery. Uh, This was taught to me by one of my teachers, Ray Castellino. So you can always repair relationships. So I heard you say that um, you feel as though the relationship with your son is, is not as ideal. Um, and you can always do repair work. You can do it on the somatic level. You can do it on the physical level. There's always room for the healing and a fabulous relationship. It is not set in stone. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing regarding um, the PPD, it sounds already like you're working with with somebody who is setting you up for success with mm-hmm. boundaries and and all of that. You're a great mom because you're actually addressing the issue. Mm-hmm. You know me, I'm never looking for perfection. It's so nice whenever I ask you a question like, oh, I had coffee or like, oh, I want a glass of wine. And you're like, the fact that you're asking already, 
like makes you a great mom. Exactly. Like if you had a glass of wine, that doesn't make you a bad mom. No. Like the fact that you are asking and you're curious and you're like making right. sure that like you're and already. You're con- and you're concerned about this other being. Because mm-hmm. by the way, in my third trimester, I do have glasses of wine. Yes, you do. And I will not be canceled for that. Because no, and I support you I, with I don't it. Give a shit. We have, we, have, uh, we have glasses of wine together. Does that mean I get canceled now? I, I, I was like, that was like when I got pregnant. I was like, the first thing I did was like, someone was like, Emily Oster has like a section in this, and I bought her book, and it was like, yes, third trimester, like a glass of wine is fine, and I was like, yes, oh, yeah. I'll actually recommend it sometimes during labor for certain things. Well, because I also have found that like I'm in such a stressed out state mm-hmm. and. You know, of course, I was really nervous about being a stressed out person during my pregnancy, but um, ha- being able to like do something that makes me feel normal and that really does calm uh-huh. me down, whether it be the ritual or the actual like taste or like the feeling, I'm like, this is healthier for my child than anything. Right. It's like me being able to have a moment where I'm like centering myself. Right. So do you feel how present you, I mean, you just like talking about it. I just saw you just (laughs) align yourself, but Mm -hmm. that's awareness. That's different than like getting sloshed, Yeah, no. you know, and having like drinking a whole bottle by yourself and talking to yourself at home (laughs) while you're pregnant. That's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing. It's like, you know, you've been seen and heard as an individual by somebody to have those conversations, Mm -hmm. which is different than just a blanket statement. Totally. Even my doctor was like, yeah, glass of wine in your third trimester. You're fine. All right. So let me get back to this question. So you're being a great mom by asking this question. And um, there's a, if, if I knew who you were as an individual, there's other things that we can do. I love that you're making boundaries. But one thing that everybody out there can do is schedule a therapy session via Zoom or a phone call that you don't have to go anywhere and schedule it. Schedule it for two weeks out. Schedule it for one week out. Schedule it for three weeks out, six weeks out. Be with someone to help check in with your emotional well-being, but schedule it before you go into labor. Oh, that's smart. And then that way you have someone who you trust to reflect it off of. Mm -hmm. And another thing is, is that um, I don't know what happened with your first birth, but I always see that a lot of people who have got some PPD, there's a lot of shame. Yeah. A lot of shoulds. Like, you know, I should be better at managing this. I should be better at like the fact that you're able to talk about this and not have shame around it, or at least I'm perceiving that there's no shame. You're already ahead of the curve. We have a girlfriend in our friend group who, upon having her second child, like at the height of COVID, like had like a, a like a panic attack one day that like turned into like an episode mm-hmm. and ended up being that she was like experiencing like really intense postpartum mm-hmm. and didn't know what to do. Like, thank God there was like a doctor that was like, well, like this isn't. I'm so happy to hear that. Like you're not okay mentally and that's totally fine. We need to get you like back on track. And she went on medication and was like, it was light and day. Yeah. Like I was like in the darkness. I'm like looking at my baby. I'm like, we all have COVID. We're all going to die. What are we going to do? I don't know what to do with the baby. And a lot of it was like not sleeping. Mm Mm-hmm sleep deprivation is just, ooh. and like, that's really hard for me because I'm like, you know, financially and the, like morally for me, like the whole like night nurse thing mm-hmm. has been like an interesting conversation and, and something that I'm not interested in. But then I have so many friends that are like, if you're not sleeping, that's not healthy for anybody. And you have to ask for help mm-hmm. or find someone to help you. Nobody, but nobody ever talks about that. It's either like you need this and that's like a very privileged thing to get, but also like, I have to make sure that I'm 
you know, I want to make sure, I mean, who knows what can happen after right. birth with my mental state. Yeah. But so you also have midwifery care. And so it is typical with a home birth practice or a birthing center that's like a home birth practice is that you aren't just paying for a birth outcome. Mm-hmm. You pay for midwifery care. Mm-hmm. And that includes six weeks of postpartum visits. Great. I'm so you know, thankful it's, for that. <laughs> it's someone who's looking at your body. Someone's looking at your baby. And your mental, emotional well-being is part of that. Mm-hmm. It's four postpartum visits. Mm-hmm. You know, if you birth at a hospital, the doctor, it's like, you know, after you give birth at the hospital, they're like, you know, they knock on the door. You doing okay? Good. All right. See you in six weeks. Yeah, totally. Midwives... You get this hour visit. How how are you doing? How is your body? What's going on with your body? Okay, let's check baby. Do a newborn exam. Now we're going to look at the relationship or dyad. What's going on with breastfeeding, chest feeding, bottle feeding? What's going on with your mental, emotional well-being? Mm-hmm. Checking in with you. And you've created this trusting relationship. We talk about, as, as midwives, we talk about postpartum depression during the prenatals mm-hmm. so that should it come up, you don't have any shame about like, this isn't working mm-hmm. or you, or hopefully you don't have shame yeah. and you know, it's like, God, I got to pick up the phone and just call her at two o'clock in the morning. Like she told me to, to talk her off the ledge, mm-hmm. talk me off the ledge, not mm-hmm. talk her off the ledge, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a different relationship. I feel very, again, empowered because I was even having a conversation today and I was like, I don't know how this is going to go with my like working and having the baby. But I, but I was texting with a friend and I said, but thank God I have Elizabeth because I know that I have the tools. If my baby is not latching, Mm -hmm. if I'm not sleeping, if this is happening, da, 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 da. Like, I feel like you have a human being for, I mean, I have you to talk to, but then on top of that, you're like, oh, I have someone who can come and help you with that. I have, midwives so, have great resources. Yeah, you guys <laughs> know everybody. A crew. <laughs> yeah, we do. We've got a whole crew. <laughs> Even Dr. Annie, like you sending me up at the chiropractor, mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, I'll come to your house after you give birth. Like yeah. if for some reason the baby isn't latching, like there's like a minor adjustment I can do to help with that. Or, you know, if he she's colicky, we can do X, Y, and Z. I mean, I just feel so empowered by having like a, because births used to be a community-based thing and now we're so isolated from one another. And we're not supposed to talk about any struggles. That part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like another whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other (laughs) podcast. (laughs) But I'm so happy that between like you and Davi Day and my mom that I feel like I have this like little, Carmela has a crew. Yeah. She does. Well, I want to thank you so much because I think those are the most important questions. The other ones were very specific about vitamins and you just Google it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, yeah. just take a good prenatal. <laughs> I like food-based, just saying. Do you? Yeah. No, I do like food-based prenatals a little better um, because there is an alchemy with food Mm-mm. that science uh, tries to replicate, but I don't think the body knows how to assimilate as much when it comes to prenatals. So there that's, you go. that's like, is that, so it's like more of like, would you call, is that like a bioavailable? I yes, just, exactly. I just stumbled my words. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at graceful birth. Remember graceful has two L's because mm-hmm. it's full of grace. <laughs> so on Instagram at graceful birth, um, the website is graceful. Do you know that I'm full of grace tattooed on my hip? Stop it. It's in like the worst font ever I got. It's like my biggest regret tattoo, <gasps> but it says Hail Mary full of grace on my hip. Oh my God, we have to talk about and that. And I should have warned you about that before you see me naked pushing <laughs> oh, a child I'm out of my go, vagina. I'm, you know, that's going to be getting a before photo. Before I'm crowning. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm very excited about that. Um, and then on the website, um, graceful.com with two L's, you'll find the childbirth ed class. You can find the book there. And then I'm on Instagram doing lives every once in a while, answering questions. And then to, for the community, if someone wants to join a live and bring up what their challenges, we can kind of do what you and I do mm-hmm. on Instagram. Totally. And then hire me for consultations. And you're available for consultations. All of that. The program on the website is incredible. Yeah. And I then, re- remember my friend at the baby shower who was like, wait, I need a bath for the baby. And we were both like, you're fucked. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm buying her for her present. I'm buying her the, the I already the told her husband, yeah. no, I'm buying her your program. Oh, you are? That part. Yeah. Because yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, you need to like watch Elizabeth's classes. Like, I don't think you know what you're getting. It. Like, outside of the fact that like you need to know what to buy for the fucking child. I was like, were you to wash it in the bathtub? What are you talking about? <laughs> but I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm I like, she's like, I was like, I'm buying you Elizabeth's course. Oh my God. Thank you. So you can be prepared for yeah. your birth. <laughs> and then there's, all, there's courses on um, infant care and uh, breastfeeding on there also. And then, um, oh, and then I have a, I, do you know I have a podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a podcast, Big Birth Junkie. I haven't done it in a long time, but there's some great birth stories on there. Yeah. There's good stuff just on there in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Well, thank you. All right. Love you. Love you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.